and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber. With me today, Stephen White. How you doing today, Steve? Doing fantastic. How about you? Um, not too bad. It's uh it's the NFL has sort of dropped off the map here. Yeah, everybody's talking about the NBA draft and stuff. I'm like, what? what what's that? <laughs> what's the NBA? <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, this was the first year in a while, like usually like when the finals roll around, like, cause I haven't been like, cause we get pretty busy during the season. So I don't follow it. And I don't have a team per se in the NBA. So this is the first year. I think I watched all the games in the finals. Really? Yeah. I, I don't watch a single one. <laughs> Not a single one. Like, like it was pretty exciting. Like that seventh game was really, uh, yeah, breaking news was pretty exciting. But like, no, but it just really like more than anything, you just get back into the groove. Like, oh man, I can't wait till football season starts. Like, no, dude, it's June. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a while anyway. But mm. but once it gets here, you're gonna be like, oh no, stop. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Things happening at once, so and then it'll be two preseason games. Like, ugh, enough of this preseason garbage. Right. <laughs> I can't Every watch year. this anymore. <laughs> Every year. And it's been quiet. I mean, you know, this is kind of weird. Like, this is a the. I mean, I guess Deflategate's sort of going on in the background in what five hundred some days now, but. There's not really been major off-season. Like the last, what, like three or four years, there's been kind of a, a big story going on in the background of everything. But this year's the NFL's really kind of uh, really on the DL for a little bit here. Well, yeah, the thing we know is that can change at any moment. Yeah. So you got to kind of knock on wood. Last year we thought everything was kind of quiet. Fourth of July, two guys almost blow their hands off. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you just never know when something will come up. I did actually, I just remembered, I saw something yesterday about um, this whole Raiders going to Las Vegas thing. Some kind of monkey wrench got thrown in. Yeah. Meeting there. So I guess that's kind of going on too. Like uh, some kind of, I don't know if the city council tried to pull a fast one or something, but evidently everybody's kind of felt like this momentum was going towards the Raiders being able to relocate to Las Vegas, and now maybe, maybe uh, it's not going to be as easy as all of that. But it's always something, you know. It's yeah. something that's always going to come up. Uh, we'll be just kind of sitting around sipping tea and <laughs> look on Twitter, <laughs> and, and you know, all hell breaks loose. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> to the- <laughs> Yeah, so apparently I was reading about the Vegas thing this morning. Apparently what happens, and it sounds to me like some of the politicians got cold feet because the initial plan, and, you know, as probably they should, but the initial plan that the casino people were back, or that that Sheldon Adelson and some of the other stadium backers had $750 million in public funding, which would be the most in the NFL, out of any NFL stadium, not necessarily the most in the, the U.S., but the most of the NFL for in an NFL stadium, and the governor, and then the head of the like the Nevada Las Vegas tourism, which is sort of like the stadium authority there, came up with a last-minute plan that cut that to fi- a, a mere five hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, I mean, what's what's a uh, <laughs> quarter of a Billion dollars amongst <laughs> friends, you know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apparently they wanted to, it's all from hotel taxes. And I think that probably has some of the 
you know, folks there probably doing a little bit of a double tag maybe for that much money to come out of hotel taxes for that. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it certainly seems like this whole Vegas thing has really moved beyond uh, like just trying to get a stadium deal in Oakland, you know? Well, yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, we all kind of thought at first it was just a leverage for it, you know? Yeah. Kind of like everybody used to use L.A., against a team that wanted a new stadium. And now we actually have a team in L.A. Uh, sorry about that, Rams. No, fans. we don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, it seemed like Las Vegas was going to be the next logical choice. Every time you wanted a new stadium, hey, well, we might go to Las Vegas. Yeah. But then next thing you know, seems like they actually, the Raiders are actually looking to move to Las Vegas legitimately. And, and, and so, you know, it went from kind of, Ha ha ha! Well, you know, it's a bargaining point to kind of. You almost felt like it was going to happen. Like it was kind of, uh, I don't know, like a foreseen, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And now, uh, with this, I don't think anybody thought that Las Vegas would be on the flaky side. Yeah. I think that's what's kind of surprising most about whatever happened yesterday is that. Everybody figured if somebody was going to flake, it'd be the Raiders. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, Las Vegas coming in and actually being like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we shouldn't be paying all this, mo- all this amount of money uh, since nobody else is doing it, uh, kind of coming to their senses. And so maybe maybe all that kind of gets, you know, calmed down. Now, maybe it's not as much momentum as we thought, like I said. But uh, who knows? You know, I, I still kind of feel like the Oakland – Raiders belong in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, I, but, you know, it's a new day, and and this this NFL is, if it's not about anything, it's about making money. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I, I I can understand why they want to move to Las Vegas and make money. You know, they'd be printing money over there, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, with all those corporations in town, I mean, it's, it's such a destination spot anyway. I mean, you go there – and you can always get, I mean, it's probably worth a lot of companies money to buy a suite or buy some premium seats or whatever in a stadium like that. So you, I'm sure you could probably make a nice chunk of change for the league and whoever ends, you know, if Davis stays in control of the team or sells a chunk of it or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it seems like it's something's going to happen there. But if they do move or stay in Oakland, wherever, whatever happens to them, they might have a pretty good team based on where the Raiders are the the trend line is pointing for the the product on the field well absolutely uh the thing about the raiders is they have the building blocks that that you want for a team uh you know they, they have the quarterback now and yeah. they have a pretty good defense that that you know is led by khalil mack and he's only going to get better, yeah. provided he stays healthy. And they got a good offensive line. They they have a pretty good running back, Latavius Murray. So they have all the ingredients there. And then also, I think, uh, kind of uh, out of the box thinking about this, one of their main competitors in the division, the Broncos, are probably going to take a pretty big hit this year. Yeah. Now that Mark Sanchez is going to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> so. Uh, one of their barriers to actually getting in the playoffs uh, will probably be removed this year. So I think that that's a team that is definitely on the rise. Most of their best players are young. Yeah. Amari Cooper last year, uh, uh, you know, first round pick wide receiver was fantastic. 
And so you got this great young nucleus of players uh, all across the board on that team with just enough veteran presence to, to kind of uh, keep those guys in line. Yeah. Uh, it, this, this could be one of those years where they, they wouldn't be coming out of nowhere because I think everybody kind of expects them to show up this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if they not only made the playoffs, but made it well into the playoffs this year. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I'm just looking at, you know, one of their biggest losses last year, obviously Charles Woodson retires. I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's hard to replace a guy like Woodson, but, you know, they've done a pretty good job with that secondary this year in the offseason. They signed Reggie Nelson at safety. They drafted Carl Joseph in the first round. I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch at safety right there. It is, and and uh, the thing about it is we know they're going to get out to the quarterback. Uh, uh, Mario Edwards looks to be healthy now. Yeah. He uh really good. Last year he was actually better than I expected uh, playing that five-technique position for them. Uh, like I talked about Khalil Mack, uh, and they don't mind sending pressure after you as well. So now they got uh, a Reggie Nelson in there who is, once again, he's that veteran leadership but also had a whole bunch of interceptions last year for the Bengals. Yeah. And he's a ball hawk. So uh, he's a guy that can not only, you know, make plays, but actually get the big plays, the turnovers and stuff. And that's what you really need if you want to have a dominant defense. It's okay to, you know, uh, get incompletions and stuff like that. But when you can actually force turnovers, that makes a huge difference. And that offense is already – uh, pretty stacked. Like I said, I mean, you got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Crabtree, yeah. uh, you got Andre Holmes, at wide receiver. That's a very good wide receiver core. They already had uh, Michael Rivera at tight end, then they added Clive Walford yeah. uh, last year, and I don't think Clive Walford has begun to even scratch the surface of what he can be on offense. So you got all these weapons uh, around Derek Carr on offense. You know that offense is going to put up points. You got a, a hammer like Latavius Murray who can take it in once you get it down near the goal line, and this defense, uh, once again, maybe some questions at cornerback. They did, uh, they do have Sean Smith though at corner yeah. from, from Chiefs, and and he's outstanding. I, I'm still not necessarily sold on David Emerson quite yet, uh, and DJ Hayden is still kind of up in the air to me. Yeah. So if, if there was something, I would be a little um, reluctant about when it comes to this team, it might be the cornerback position, but everywhere else, man, it, there's really no point, uh, uh, other group where you can point to and say, well, this is a weak spot on this team. And they have yeah. some quality depth too. Just imagine if they get Alden Smith back, if he can actually get past all this trouble. Oh yeah. And I know uh, there was a report yesterday about uh, a probation violation or something, but if he can come back in November and they're, they're trying to make a playoff push in November and December, Man, this team, it, it, it really is stacked right now. It's probably going to come down to Derek Carr, right, because yeah. it always does. It always comes down to the quarterback. But they have pretty much everything you want if you are building a team. Like I said, maybe a little bit better uh, uh, quality depth at cornerback. But other than that, uh, there's not many places you can look at and, and not be happy if you're a Raiders fan. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, another offseason move they made in free agency that I really liked was the when they signed Clichy Osamele to play right guard. I mean, I think that's, you've got Osamele, Hudson, and Gabe Jackson on the other side at the left guard spot. That's a pretty good middle line there. And then for a guy like Carr that's, you know, more of a pocket quarterback, that's, he's going to have some room to work there. Not to oh, mention running the damn ball. Yeah, and it, th- those are some big guys, man. That offensive line, uh, you know, I, 
they got a, a similarly, like you said, this offseason. I, I don't necessarily think any of those guys are, you know, superstars no. or, you know, flashy or whatever. But as a group, uh, especially, those guys just know how to get it done. Gabe Jackson is a big guy. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, be that road grader and, and open up the holes for you. And so what it gives you is you know you're going to be able to run the football, first and foremost. Big offensive line, guys that are, that are really get on you. And so now you don't have to face a whole bunch of third and tens and stuff if you're Derek Carr. He's already a very good young quarterback, but you don't want to keep having, no matter how good he is, a quarterback behind the sticks on, on third and long. Yeah. But, but with this offensive line, man, they can kind of help protect your quarterback, not only with their pass protection, but also with their run blocking. Because now you got a big back like Latavius Murray, uh, you know, that guy can come downhill and wear down the defense. And then once you have everybody, you know, kind of creeping up on defense, trying to stop the run, now you can hit them over the top uh, with Derek Carr. So uh, that offensive line is probably the key to that, to that whole offense mm-hmm. regardless. And, and they, they, they kind of, they're the kind of offensive line that you want your offense to to kind of take on their personality, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the left tackle Donald Penn was down here in Tampa. He's a salty guy. Gabe Jackson, little salty. You know, those guys <laughs> play with a little yeah. bit of edge. Rodney Hudson, all of them play with a little bit of an edge too. So it's not just that they're you know big and strong and all this. They kind of give you that attitude you want on offense. So yeah, you got these great wide receivers and stuff and tight ends, but they're gonna come out and punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Right. So they're going to punch you in the mouth and punch you in the mouth. And then they'll be able to to kind of dictate to you what they want to do on offense rather than being stuck behind the six third and long and letting the defense dictate. So, like I said, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about, man. If, if you're a Raiders fan, you know, this is one of those years where and it's been a long time coming. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it really it, has. And when you really think about it, when's the last time a Raiders fan could go into a season really expecting, not hoping, but expecting for the playoffs? Uh, I, it, it's been a long time. I put it that way. I can't even put a number on it. But I, this year should be a year where they expect to make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking back real quick here. They haven't had a winning season since they lost the Super Bowl that year. That was that was January oh, 2002. 2002 season was yeah the 2002 season. Wow, damn. <laughs> I mean, woo. I mean that's a drought. I mean that's just been uh, and Al Davis rest in peace. But uh, it's it's been a better team since Al Davis got out of the picture. They got out of the business of running a football team there. It has, and I won't necessarily say it was all about Al, but he had his way of doing things. Yeah. Well, and they kind of got out of the way and let Reggie McKenzie come in and kind of, you know, and it was easy to kind of, you looked at some of those moves he made early on, but they didn't really have a lot of options. I mean, other than to kind of go out and sign some of those older free agents that they did. Right. And, and, And the thing about Reggie McKenzie is, you know, a lot of people were kind of skeptical after the first couple of years because... He, he was signing the agent veterans, but he was also cutting a lot of payroll. Yeah. But but it enabled him to kind of reshape this team from the bottom up. And and the the thing about that is it's so rare to see these days where a GM is given the amount of time to actually do that. Mm-hmm. You know, normally 
they, they give you two, maybe three years at the most to really get a team turned around. And that's just not enough time for a team that was just as as poor, like as far as talent poor yeah. as the Ravens were when he got there. He needed to rebuild a team, uh, went out and got Jack Del Rio last year, and, and he did a fantastic job in his first year as a coach. And now you just see that, for one, now they're flush with cash, so there can be they can be players with anybody yeah. when it comes to the agency. It's not just somebody for, you know, it used to be your, your agent would say, well, the Raiders want them too when they were trying to <laughs> raise your price tag up to a team that you really want to go to. Now there's actually, you know, interest. There's guys that actually want to go there yeah. and there and they can pay them. And so um, they got the young nucleus. Man, it, it, there's a lot to like, not just about this year when it comes to Oakland, but the foreseeable future. You know, as long as they don't have major injuries at the quarterback position or something like that, this team is built not only to win this year, but for the the, the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the future is bright in Oakland. And I think that division, like you were saying earlier, it's it's pretty wide open this year with the Broncos in the situation they're in. So there's no reason Oakland couldn't win it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, obviously injuries can always happen, but but we'll see. Uh, you know, all right. Here's another another team that is really like kind of got a lot of hype, and I think justifiably so. And they're not really out of nowhere because I mean, the Raiders for. As, as as positive as as they were last season, they still finished seven and nine. So I mean, there, there's you know, but the this team is the Vikings uh, that I'm talking about now, and they were eleven and six. They won the NFC, or eleven and five rather. They won the NFC North, so they're not really out of nowhere per se, but they are kind of. Now I think it's the question is like, is this hype legit? Are they going to be here? Are they going to stick around for a while? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and some of that I think is there's a lot of people who are skeptical of their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I think most of those people probably don't watch the Vikings play. Yeah. Um, and, and just going by the stat sheet, I can understand why you might be a little bit uh, um, skeptical of him as a quarterback. But if you watch them play, I think that he he's shown you that he, he probably should give you just as much confidence as having a guy like Derek Carr. Maybe yeah. even more so because he's so smart with his decisions with the football, whether it be, uh, you know, throwing it away or taking off running instead of just taking a sack. Um, he's just so steady. Yeah, and I think that, that that's one of the things that that offense kind of needed. Not necessarily a superstar, superstar Dan Marino type guy is just going to throw it up and down the field. I do think Teddy can can kind of. uh, uh he can get better at, at some things as far as his deep ball and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I think offense more than anything, especially when you have Adrian Peterson back, yep. just needs a steady hand. You know, yeah. somebody that it, when it's the fourth quarter, he can turn it on and, and lead you down the field when need be. But also in the midst of chaos, you know, turnovers or, or, or you're having a bad day, a guy that's not going to fold, a guy that everybody look to, and expect to kind of lead them out of whatever hole they've dug themselves. Yeah. And, and that's what you see. We've seen this from Teddy Bridgewater since he was back in college uh, at Louisville. Uh, but but the thing of it is, not, you know, they got Laquan Treadwell now. So he's got another weapon on offense. Yeah. You already had Stephon Diggs, who was a problem last year uh, when he came out. 
Charles Johnson, I think, is very underrated. He didn't have the season I thought he would last year, but you put those three guys together and then j- throw Jarius right in the mix. And also, I did see this the other day, Kyle Rudolph, their tight end, who is a very good tight end, don't get me wrong, Yeah, said he's the best tight end in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to get drug tested in the next week or so, uh, you know, just randomly, of course. But 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 he is a very good player. I, I give yeah. him that. he can do all. He's a he's a big guy. He can block. He can get up and down the field. Get up the scene. And so, again, this is another team. Plenty of talent on offense. Now, <laughs> unlike the Raiders. The, the Vikings' offensive line leaves a little bit to be desired. Yeah, that's the like, issue there. That is the issue. Matt Khalil kind of came out initially out of college and looked pretty good. Hasn't looked quite that good since. Maybe it's injury-related. Maybe it's not. But they're going to need Matt Khalil to play a lot better in yeah. left tackle. Well, you they know, they it, should have Lodeholt back this year, too, right. on the right side. So that's helpful for them. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, they, they, they drafted T.J. Clemens last year, and I think they were expecting to kind of give him a red shirt year. Yeah. Last year, and then Lodeholt gets hurt, and you got to throw Clemens right in. And he wasn't really ready. You know, but, but the things that we knew he could do, like run block, he still did a pretty good job of that. The whole, you know, trying to stop people from hitting the quarterback, yeah, he, he needed some work <laughs> on that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Clemens in this situation. Uh, you know, does Lode Holt get his job back and maybe they kick Clemens inside? Yeah. Or does Clemens maybe beat out Lode Holt? Either way, I think at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. So that is a good situation for them on the right side of the offensive line. No matter how it shakes out, as long as none of those guys get hurt. Yeah. My question is, who's going to push Matt Khalil? Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know that they have anybody for that. They have Andre Smith, I guess, on the roster, but he's been a right tackle. Yeah. So you basically got right tackles on the roster uh, and maybe only one left tackle at Matt Khalil. I, I don't necessarily see T.J. Clemens being a better left tackle pass blocking than he was a right tackle, but who knows? He is, he's, he's decent when it comes to athleticism. It's just his technique is a little poor. But I think at the end of the day, what this offensive line can do is run block. Yeah. And you like to have an offensive line that can do both. But if you have Adrian Peterson in the backfield, it's not really a bad idea to just run the ball. <laughs> it's really I, not. It's really not. And, and you know, uh, their head coach, uh, Mike Zimmer, is a guy who's kind of, you know, seems to be a guy who, like, go with, with, your, with what you're best at. Yeah. That, that seems to be the guy he is anyway so i'd imagine that we're going to see a heavy dose of of adrian peterson this year a lot of play action and stuff like that trying to take a a, a lot of pressure off that offensive line but that that is to me uh the key to this season for the vikings no matter what else happens this offensive line has to has to play better than they did last year last year some kind of way they played well enough for them to win that division and it's funny because I bet you the average fan doesn't even realize the Vikings won the division last year. No, I, and I, I even caught myself the other day. I was talking about their record, and I just glanced quickly 
at the front page of Pro Football Reference because you know it has the the last season's standings on the front there. And I saw an eleven and six on top and a ten and five or ten and six, eleven and five on top and ten and six underneath it. And I just assumed the ten and six was the Vikings and the eleven wins was right. the Packers. Right, absolutely. It, it just doesn't seem, you know, it, does, it didn't seem likely that the Packers would not win that division. Yeah. that division. You got Aaron Rodgers, even with. Uh, the injury to the wide receiver, you know, you just figured Aaron Rodgers and that defense would have been good enough to win that division, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, for better or worse, the, the Vikings, their defense stood up and played well. Uh, you know, Sharif Floyd got hurt, but Linval Joseph came in and played lights out. Uh, you had Danielle Hunter, you know, kind of coming out of, not necessarily out of nowhere, but all of a sudden, He's coming around the end like a beast. You know, he's just yeah. phenomenal. All of a sudden, just a phenomenal pass rusher, and guys can't block him. Uh, and he was a guy who kind of came out of LSU with not very much technique, technique, just a guy that could get, run around and stuff. But he it, it came together for him real fast. Yeah. And, and you had Mike Zimmer, you know, calling the, calling the plays on that side of the ball. So I think on defense, as much as anything, even though – it wasn't necessarily – it's not like they became, uh, you know, the, the 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 Baltimore Ravens, you know, when they won the Super Bowl <laughs> or something on defense. But their defense kind of also had a huge hand in turning their team around and getting them where they could win the division. And, yeah. And, and so uh, – Well, and I was just going to say, I mean, I think that's where the Vikings really have an – I mean, I think that's where they obviously, you know – Green in that division, Green Bay's offense is king. I mean, that's still going to be the best, you know, of either offense or defense. It's probably going to be the best offense if everyone's healthy in that in that division. But where the Vikings really, I think, have an edge over the Packers this season is defense. Because and it wasn't just Joseph that lost games to injuries last year. I mean, you, Chad Greenway lost four games. Eric Kendricks missed time. I know he was just a rookie, but. Anthony Barr missed a couple games. I mean, there's you know you start getting some of these guys back for 15 and 16 games, and and that defense, which was good last year, even better group this year. Well, I definitely agree, especially because you know you get Sharif Floyd back. I thought Sharif Floyd was one of the guys I picked to be a breakout player last season. Yeah. And I really thought he'd be that. Then he ends up getting hurt, and, and and he never was kind of the same player when he came back. So you get a, a, a healthy Sharif Floyd back, that in and of itself, if he can stay healthy, would be a huge deal. Yeah. Because now you got the three technique. You know, we've seen when Linval Joseph was given the opportunity last year, we've seen that he was able to step up and, and ball out. Now Sharif Floyd comes back, and, and maybe he's ready to have that season that he was supposed to have last year, this year. And, and then those other guys, Anthony Barr, man, really and truly hasn't been healthy his first two yeah. seasons. Right? It's always been something kind of nagging here or there. I really am excited to see what this kid can do in his third season. It'll be his second year in this kind of a defensive scheme and, and Mike Zimmer's scheme and, and see what he can do with all of that athletic ability and size that he, he was blessed with. Because I think, you know, he could easily have a, a, a perfect type season. Like how perfect uh, played so well yeah. for Mike Zimmer with the Bengals, but even better because I think he has more potential as a pass rusher. So you can send him on blisses, you can send him off the edge, and he, if if he's healthy, 
will be held whether he's on the line or off the line, and you're going to have to account for him. And then you got Eric Kendricks in his second year. Harrison Smith, the best safety people really don't talk about. Well, you're probably talking about him now because he just got <laughs> yeah, hey, he just set you know, the market. Got a, 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 a huge deal, but he's worked every penny. Yeah, and, and he's another guy that that just you know he's kind of perfect for Mike Zimmer type defense. He kind of if Mike Zimmer could go out there and play, he probably would play a lot like Harrison Smith. Yeah, you know, he runs around with hair on fire always around the football, blowing people up. And so uh, Xavier Rose is a guy that I thought kind of started, had a slow start to his uh, career, but has really come on strong. This defense, I think, uh, hands down, is going to be the strong point of this team. Yeah. Right? Especially if their offensive line is still having issues. They're going to have to step up. They're going to have to lead this team to victories. And I think they can do that. I mean, you look in their division, too. We, we kind of talked about this with Oakland. Who really scares you in that division except for maybe uh, the Packers? And that's only because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Seriously. I don't think anybody's scared of the Packers' defense. Nobody. Nobody. No. Why would you be? There's just not a lot to be scared of. You got Clay Matthews who, you know, really good player. I like him and all that. But it's probably a little bit overrated. Yeah. Just to be honest with you. And and Julius Peppers who's probably on his last legs. And – you know, you, you got Mike Neal, I like him, but there's just not a whole lot to be scared of, right? Up and down their roster, there's just not. And so the Packers are going to have to win on offense because they, they just their defense just isn't that stout. The Chicago Bears, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> How many years are we going to have to ask about their quarterback, right? <laughs> like, seriously, who knows which Jay Cutler is going to show up this year? Supposedly he was rejuvenated last year with Adam Gates. Now Adam Gates is gone. He's Maybe gone. he reversed back. Maybe he plays well. All I know is they still didn't make the playoffs last year. So even Adam Gates, even with Adam Gates, it wasn't like he set the world on fire. Yeah. So, um, and 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 they lost uh, the tight end to the Patriots. Bennett. Uh, Bennett is going to the Patriots. So uh, they've had some contract issues with Alshon Jeffrey. I guess they don't want to pay him either. So you, know, you look around this division, and I, I, the Lions. You know who know who knows what they're going to be without Megatron. This division is wide open for the Vikings to win again. Yeah. Right. They're going to have the new stadium now and the home crowd is going to be fired up and you got these weapons on offense. Their offensive line, like I said, is probably going to come down to their offensive line as far as just how good they are. But I think this is a team, especially on defense, that is made to make the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. You got to be able to run the ball and play defense once you get in the playoffs in December and January. Yeah. They got Adrian Peterson in the backfield and they got a hell of a defense and a hell of a defense coordinator slash head coach and Mike Zimmer. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won the division again. And this time I think they might do it in such a fashion that people actually take notice. Yeah, very much so. And it's a, uh... So many teams try to do that. They try to just cheat their way on offense. I mean, not so many teams, but you know, there's a few teams out there. They try to kind of, they have a good defense and they try to cheat their way through on offense. But I mean, the Vikings have a really good defense and not a bad little offense going for them either. You know, I mean, it's a much more of a complete picture than a lot of teams in the league. Absolutely, and they have that one thing that they all need, and that's the quarterback. 
like I said, I know people, they're, they're not, not everybody is 100% on board with Teddy Bridgewater, but I am. I just think that he's the type of quarterback, maybe he doesn't have the, the biggest arm, maybe he doesn't throw the deep ball like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but he just has the way he carries himself, the way he performs, especially in big moments. Yeah. Type of guy I want leading my team. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and yeah, I, that's, it's, he, it sucks. He just doesn't get, he, it's so one of those draft narratives kind of carry through into a guy's career like that, but it is what it is. And I think he'll prove him wrong. And not that, not that that will shut people up, but it'll still, uh, I mean, at least he can go home at the end of the day, satisfied about the job he's done. Right. And that's, that's all that really matters. And I think that's all that he really cares about anyway. Yep. Uh, but I really do think, you know, the third season, I always say this, the third season is when guys normally show up and show who they can really be anyway. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this year. I think he's going to kind of he's going to convert convert some people this year uh, with his play. I think he's going to definitely be able to perform some of the things that he maybe hasn't been as great at, you know, the deep ball and stuff like that. I think he's going to show people this year that he's a complete quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, moving back indoors probably doesn't hurt anybody's anybody's uh, ability there, I'm sure, in, especially in Minnesota in the winter. <laughs> um, okay, another team I think uh, I'm not quite re- – I like what they've done. I'm not quite ready to buy in, but they do play in the AFC South, so maybe that they do have that going for them as Jacksonville. Are we too soon on Jacksonville with the hype train here a little bit? Well, if we're too soon with Jacksonville, I think it's, at this point it will have to be the coaching. Yeah. Be the problem. They have assembled enough talent to win their division now. Yeah. And they will win the division, but they at least have enough talent to win the division, which means even if they don't win the division, they should be pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is uh, uh, piss to get off the pot time for Gus yeah. Brandt. And, and I know plenty of people whose opinions I respect a lot who have a high opinion of Gus Bradley. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. If he can't win with this collection of talent, the, the writing's on the wall. He won't be there. Yeah. Pure or blank. They're just – they're. You couldn't say that three years ago, right? This team has made a tremendous step forward when it comes to acquiring talent and keeping talent. But now, you know, you went out and spent the money. You threw $90 million. Yeah, they did. Right? And and you got the homegrown talent. You just gave uh, 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 Alan Hearns a big contract, which he earned. Yeah. uh, uh, Undrafted free agent. You threw money at Julius Thomas last year, right? You got your quarterback of the future, Blake Bortles, who I still think has some issues, but he's big, he's strong, and he can sling the hell out of a football. Yeah. So you got everything you need. You got Chris Ivory. You brought him in, and he runs he runs the ball like a, a ball of butcher knives, <laughs> as uh, Edwards would say. Uh, and, and you got T.J. Yeldon last year. There, yeah. There's just, Again, this is a team probably, you know, they may not have the quality depth on defense that you necessarily need, but 
at least on their front line, you got Dante Fowler Jr. coming back uh, from last year, losing his whole season last year to the knee injury. Yeah. Um, like I said, you get you have Malik Jackson already. You got Cinderic March, who I think broke his leg last year, and he was on the verge of being a, an ascending player, a, a really good three technique. Yeah. And you got Jonathan Sipper. You got Tashawn Gibson, who I think is probably an underrated signing for them uh, that they signed from Cleveland. Really good player. Yeah. And you got the Ramsey this year, so uh, it looks like he's actually going to be healthy enough to play after he you know, had an issue with his knee. Yeah. So, they're young guys, and sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer, some longer than others, to be ready to, to really perform at a high level. But I, I just look at this team from top to bottom, and if, if we have any reservations about this team, I don't think it's with the talent on the team. I don't yeah. think the roster. It has to be with the coaching staff at this point. Yeah, and that's what you <laughs> I know uh, – Jaguars Twitter, always a fun follow um, uh, during the season. Well, any time of year, really. But uh, I know Jaguars Twitter, that was their big concern about this. Because, like, they scored big in the draft. I mean, to really get – I mean, I know we talked about this before, and it, and it still blows my mind that they got Miles Jack in the second round and Jalen Ramsey in the first round. I mean, probably two of the – you know, two of the – five best players just based on talent alone available in the draft this year. And they, they both ended up in Jacksonville. That's, you know, that's a hell of a thing to to have if you're, uh, if you're trying to put a winning team on the field. So now, yeah, I mean, if Bradley can put all this together, that's the thing. Right. And and let's not forget with, with the miles Jack situation, this isn't a question of whether or not he'll be able to play this year. It's more of a question of how long he'll be able to play in the future. Yeah. But, talking about the next three years he should be good to go yeah and like you said this is one of the better players in the whole draft yeah so he's probably going to play this year and play well there's another guy telvin smith who we don't talk about enough who's a fantastic young linebacker for them as well and, and so they have the makings of a very strong linebacker core now yeah and we, we've already talked about you know what you know what they have up front i think malik jackson uh, while he's not exactly the same player as uh, Michael Bennett, is going to remind people a lot of him the way they're able to use him because yeah. he played defensive end early on early downs and then go inside and play three technique or if need be, he could slide in there in the A gap. And, and he's a guy that just, he's a really good football player. I've watched him for a long time because he played for Tennessee. Yeah. And he's just, he's just a really good football player. And I, I'd expect him to have double-digit sacks this year, to be quite honest. Uh, I know not everybody sold on that because he was only able to show but so much as an interior player, for the most part, for uh, the Broncos. He was like a five-technique, yeah. but he played a lot as far as, you know, in the three-technique there. But I think he'll be able to show so much more in this type of defense. They, they're another one of those teams, because Brad, Bradley is a guy that came from Seattle, so they're another one of those teams that is trying to kind of emulate what the Seahawks do. And they haven't been able to do it in years past, mostly because they didn't have the type of talent yeah. that the Seahawks have on defense. Well, again, that excuse is out the window now. So, yeah. uh, you know, you got a defense. Now, everybody's going to talk about the offense. And we talked about this uh, uh, some, uh, maybe some, a month ago or so about how good that offense can be. But I'm telling you, that defense – Talent-wise, talent-wise, 
could be very dominant as well. Something we yeah. haven't really seen Jacksonville since like their first few years as a franchise. Yeah. Um, that that defense could really make you stand up and take notice this year, even though the offense is going to get all the hype in the offseason. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I just I was just looking at kind of some of the injuries and stuff they had last year, and their secondary was, I think, really sort of like where they seem to be lacking the most in in Jacksonville. And that's, I mean, they you know they got Prince of Mukamara. I know he's an injury concern, but that's an upgrade in the depth there at the at cornerback position. You got House still. You got Ramsey now in the fold. Gibson and Cyprin at safety. I mean, that's a pretty good safety combination too. Oh, absolutely. I love Cyprian. He, he had, for whatever reason, he had like a broken hand last year. Yeah. And so he hasn't really necessarily lived up to expectations. But if you want a safety to come down and knock the hell out of somebody, <laughs> John Cyprian can do that now. And so I could definitely see him, uh, you know, being in the box and being that box safety a lot like, you know, he's not the size of a Cam Chancellor, but having that kind of physical presence yeah. like Cam Chancellor. And hopefully, you know, maybe you stay healthy long enough to actually be a factor in pass coverage too. But him and Tashawn Gibson, man, those guys are going to be able to play really well together if they stay healthy. This defense, again, this this is a defense. Maybe on the second line or whatever have you, you can see how if a guy here or there gets hurt, they could be in trouble. But but they did get Mike Bennett in the draft last year, mm-hmm. a different Mike Bennett. <laughs> I think he. I think he's a pretty good, you know, backup three technique. Yeah. Like I said, since Derek Parks, who nobody really talks about because he got hurt last year, was a guy who who I thought was ready to be one of the top ten at least, maybe top five type three techniques. Yep. Uh, and he's coming back off an of injury. So and, and you got Jared, Jared Odry, who's one of those utility guys that you kind of need on your team to play yeah. inside and outside on the defensive line. Once again, just knows how to play football. Isn't very flashy, but gets the job done. Yeah. They have the makings of a very good defense. And obviously, you know, uh, you're going to need that in that division when you got Andrew Luck and now you got uh, Osweiler uh, and you got Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. You're going to need a dominant defense to kind of deal with those quarterbacks in, in that in that division now. But I think they may end up having top to bottom when you think about it, they might have probably the best defense in that division now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, the safety thing is really key because, I mean, you think about what – that safeties are so key to that defense. I mean, you look at what Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas – and not to say that Earl Thomas is just – you know, anybody can go out there and do what Earl Thomas does, but you have that one-two punch now there, and that makes running that defense a lot easier than it, than it is without safeties like that. Absolutely. Well, that'll be uh, – and that should be – I mean, it was a fun team to watch last year, and I think it'll be – well, like I say, I'm not, I'm not going to have Jaguars Thursday night football jokes to make next year. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if, the, if, if Jacksonville Twitter, how they react to actually having some success <laughs> because I think they're so used to being an underdog and jumping on people 
when you make jokes about them and stuff. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to react to people not joking about them and taking them seriously. So we'll see. Success going to spoil Jags Twitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, here's another team I think that people, I mean, it's not getting the hype level that some of these teams are, but I think a lot of, for a lot of people, they still have them penciled in to win the NFC East. But I'm not so high on them, and that's Washington. So, okay, what is your fight? <laughs> I, I think part of the thing I wonder about Washington is, I mean, I, I, I think they're, they're fine offensively. I mean, what they've done offensively looks good. You know, they've got a good group of players out there. They should be scoring points, shouldn't be a problem. I guess the thing I wonder about with Washington when I look at them is, is if they have the defense to do it. Because, I mean, they signed Josh Norman, and that's huge, obviously. That's a big player to go out there and get. But some of the guys they lost in the offseason of free agency, sort of, you know, I I do kind of wonder about. Um, Oh, pork chop. You know, underrated guy, not necessarily a game breaker for them, but, you know, really kind of a strong person to have on your defensive line there. And you lose that, that's, you know, that seems like a a bit of a loss for me. And, And I don't know, I guess... I and I don't want to I, I don't want to poke the bear with any Kirk Cousins talk here, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess we're still you know is the jury still out on him? He's got good guys to work with at least. But I think just you know we'll get to Kirk Cousins, <laughs> but I think you did just briefly. I think you hit that on the head. He has a lot of talent around him right now, so that should help. But you, you talk about their defense and. Um, what strikes me as much as anything else is that uh, they kind of have Ryan Kerrigan as a pass rusher and not really sure yeah. who else, right? And this is a 3-4 defense, and so you're going to have the big guys in the middle. You're going to need those rush linebackers. You got to have them. Yeah. If you can't rush the quarterback off the edge with a 3-4, then why do you even have a fucking 3-4? Yeah. So you got Ryan Kerrigan. He's okay. Junior Gallette, maybe. You know, he, first of all, he had some off the field issues. He's Medilla. I'm not even sure if they ever actually ruled on it, you know, the stuff with him uh, fighting a woman on the beach or something like that. Yeah. But uh, he had a whole bunch of off the field issues. Then he got hurt last year. So he's coming off an injury. He was a pretty good player uh, in New Orleans. When he wasn't going crazy, uh, you know, just on the field stuff, he, <laughs> yeah. he was a pretty good pass rusher. But uh, uh, is that the guy that you're going to kind of, you know, put the, the hopes and dreams of your season on as a pass rusher? Yeah. Uh, I like Smith uh, as well, but he's not an edge guy. He's more of a, a five technique guy, uh, but he can move around and do some nice things inside. Um, um, so I like him, and he's a young player. Um, but uh, that would be my biggest thing, my biggest uh, uh, question mark for uh, Washington is how are they going to get pressure on the quarterback? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they still have D'Angelo Hall, I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess he's still on the roster. He's technically uh, their starting free safety now. Right. So, and, you know, we'll see how that works. Uh, I, I, Josh Norman is really good at what he does. I'm not sure he's an every down lineup and play man to man type 
cornerback, but we'll see. Yeah. Because probably do a lot of that. But this secondary, you know, Bashar Breland, he's okay. You know, uh, 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 David Bruton, he's okay. He came from Denver. Yeah. Um, When you look at Denver's defense, for instance, since we're talking about Bruton, I talked about this last year. You talk about how good their secondary was, but their secondary was so good because of how good their defensive line was. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's not to say those guys would suck, like, you know, Chris Harris and, and, right. and uh, those guys are key to leave. They're, they're good players. But when you don't have to stand back there and try to cover for four seconds, it makes your job, obviously, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you do have to cover for that long, your ass might be grass, quite frankly. I don't <laughs> care how good you are. And so it's got to work together. Yeah. So these guys are, you know, I'm not saying that their secondary is bad. I'm just saying that the combination of the two, if you don't have, Kerrigan is a pretty good player. I think he's probably a little underrated. Uh, probably not enough people uh, um, know how good he can be, but one guy can't do it alone. Yeah. So my question mark, my question mark for this defense and it's going to come down to that is how they get pressure. If they have to, not want to, but have to uh, blitz in order to generate pressure, mm-hmm. that's going to put way too much uh, 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 strain on that, on that secondary. I, it, Josh Norman, uh, he, that's fine that you got Josh Norman. He can't do it by himself. So, And even he, he's the type of guy who's going to try to jump routes a lot anyway. So if you don't get to the quarterback right away and he's trying to jump something short, guess what's going to happen? They're going to throw that football right over his head and, 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 you know, they're off to the races. Yeah. So for me, the biggest question mark for this defense is how are they going to generate a pass rush? Because, look, look, uh, 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 you know Dallas is coming back with Romo. Uh, You'd assume that uh, they're going to throw the ball quite a bit in Philly. As well, I don't think even whether it's uh, Sam Bradford or, or, or Wentz, they didn't draft Wentz that high for him to hand the football off. Uh, and, and so, you know, these other teams, they're going to throw the football. You're going to have to contend with, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Brian. <laughs> you got this is exactly who I was thinking. Of. You're going to have to contend with him, but not just him. You're going to have to contend with. Uh, 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 Williams as well, yeah, and, and these other receivers that they have, and, and Whitten. And if you can't generate a pass rush, especially against that offensive line, that Cowboys offensive line, yeah, gonna be in trouble. So, uh, yeah, uh, their defense to me, I think you make a very good point. Um, they can score all the points they want to on offense. I'm not sure how they're gonna stop people on defense. Yeah. Well, yeah, too, and you know the Giant. I mean, I'm I'm not thinking the Giant. I don't get the sense that the Giants can win the division this year. But you know, they can score some points. I mean, you, Odell obviously they've drafted Sterling Shepard, a receiver I really liked. I think makes a good number two stretch the field sort of dude. But that's you know those guys. That's not going to be easy to defend. <laughs> yeah, and, and and once again now. The reason why I didn't really bring up the Giants is because I'm not really sure about their offensive line. So yeah. <laughs> it might not take a whole lot to just bring <laughs> cash rush against them. Uh, who knows? Maybe their left tackle from last year, Flowers, really comes on strong. He, his problem was the problem that we knew coming out of college. He, he's 
technique poor. Yeah. Very athletic guy and left tackle, but just, you know, really shitty technique. So if he can get that technique right, you know, he got a chance. Uh, but, you know, they got like, they don't have just a bunch of talent on the offensive line. That's not to say they're bad or they're terrible or whatever, but, I, you know, they're not, a, they're not like in the same category or class as the Cowboys, for no. instance. Uh, and so, uh, and really, even the, the the to me, the Eagles. I think they have a lot of talent on their offensive line too. Yeah. So for me, I was just thinking about you know teams where it's going to be hard for them to generate a pass rush against. Um, but the Giants, what they do have, like you said, is you know the talented wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard. Yeah. I think Wayne Harris is probably a little bit underrated, and um, they're they're tight end too. Uh, um, What's his name? Ah, uh, for for the Giants. Oh, uh, I think it's Larry Donald. Yeah, Larry Donald. Donnell, Donald. Donnell, who I really like a lot. Uh, I I think that he and Will Ty. I think those guys are probably uh, uh, a little underrated. They're they're real steady players. Um, I don't really see much from the Giants this year. To be to be no. honest with you. So, so I'm not going to oversell it and, and make it seem, <laughs> you know, well, you got to watch out for the Giants. Nah, not really. <laughs> not this particular year, I'll put it that way. But this, those other teams, I think, and, and that's what they got to do for Washington to be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, notoriously, the, the NFC East always knocks each other off. So they don't usually necessarily get a whole bunch of teams uh, uh, in the playoffs. It's usually... You know, these last few years, it's just been whoever won the division. Yeah. Because then everybody else, like, you know, eight and eight or or something like that, or just out of out of uh, reach for the playoffs. So to win the division, I feel like they're going to have to get pressure on the Cowboys. They're going to have to find a way to get pressure on the Eagles. And I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to do that with, with the defense as it stands right now. Yeah. Who knows, you know? Uh, like I say, uh, maybe somebody will will kind of rise to the occasion um, as far as a pass rusher. Maybe Ryan Kerrigan just you know really blows up this year and and and, and, and you know has 15, 20 sacks. Yeah. Who knows? It, uh, I don't think that they're built, even with Josh Norman, to be a team that blisses a whole lot and puts a whole lot of strain on the secondary. I just don't yeah. see that working out. Well, and I think another thing that that is not working in Washington's favor is their schedule this year because they've got they're playing the AFC North and the NFC North. So now they got games against the Vikings and the Packers, and then you've got the Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, now Browns. I mean, and they're probably not a, a, not a date they need to worry about a whole lot. But that's not you know those aren't easy easy teams to have to play on the schedule this year. Especially without a pass rush, without a without a without a nuclear arsenal at pass rusher. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, what I, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, coming back to the whole Kirk Cousins thing. <laughs> uh oh. Their offense should be plenty potent this year. Yeah. You say that you know you look and uh, I mean you got Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson, two of 
the fastest wide receivers in the league. And they guys drafted really Doxon. Can, yeah, you can two guys who are legitimate deep threats, and then you add Josh Doxon, <laughs> right? And then you already had, uh, you know, the, the tight end, uh, Jordan Reed. Yeah. He had his season last year. But not even just Jordan Reed. I, I keep reminding people of this, not only because it, <laughs> it was just so absurd to me at the time, but it also goes to show you how much talent they could have coming back this year. Jordan Reed was the third team tight end. Yeah. Going in training camp. Third team. Yeah. Uh, Niles Paul and, and Logan Paulson were both ahead of him. Now, a lot of that was because of Jordan Reed's injury history. And he had like some surgery last offseason, too. But he was literally the third team tight end and, and was, in theory at least, in jeopardy of maybe not making the team or getting traded or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so now Paul and Logan Paulson end up getting hurt in the middle of training camp. And then Jordan Reed gets back up to number one tight end. And we know what happened from there. But now now Paul is back. So you're going to have like a dynamic duo at tight end potentially, especially if he comes back. Cause now Paul kind of bulked up and, 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 you know, he was kind of like a big wide receiver at first, but he's actually not terrible as a blocker anymore. Yeah. And so you can put those guys in at the same time. And that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Yeah. Because both of those guys are mismatches for most uh, linebackers. So how do you play them? So this offense, in theory at least, is so stacked with talent. The, the offensive line is pretty good. Trent Williams, uh, one of the better left tackles in the league. And they, they uh, drafted Scherf last year, mm-hmm. uh, who – Played pretty well at right guard. Uh, I, I, you know, the right tackle, Morgan Moses, still not a guy that I trust a lot. But he played and and he was at least serviceable. Yeah. So this is a team that they got Matt Jones at running back, uh, who looks to be the unquestioned work workhorse this year. Had some fumbling issues last year, but it, it, they got a lot of talent on yeah. offense. So, at the very least, Kirk Cousins won't have any excuses this year. <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit up here and bash Kirk Cousins. He did, in fact, get better last year. Yeah, he did. Been awful initially, the first half of the season. I, I do have to say that uh, because people have amnesia and act like he played well the whole year. <laughs> but he got better as the season went on. But there are certain quarterbacks that I simply do not trust. I just don't trust him. Uh, yeah. I talked about uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who, uh, you know, I want him leading my team when, you know, things aren't necessarily all going great. Kirk Cousins is pretty much the exact opposite for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's a guy who I think can throw the football well, did play really well in some games last year, led that team back to to beat my Bucks in yeah. very embarrassing fashion after they've been up like 21 points. Or what have you, and that's how we got that. You like that? You know, sound bite <laughs> that won't go away. Uh, that's where the cousin's and, legend was born. Right. But he's also the guy that took a knee right before the half instead of spiking the football. Yeah. I, I haven't forgotten that either. Yeah. And so he, he's a guy who, on occasion, I just feel this way about him, he's going to make a really big mistake on occasion. 
the kind of mistake that'll cost you games. Even if he's played well the whole rest of the game. Yeah. It come down to under a minute left and he just throw it right to the other team. Yeah. And I there's some guys who are just like that. Now, maybe that was just growing pains. Maybe this is the year that he just puts it all together. I can promise you, he's probably never gonna have a better collection of talent around him than he has this year. No. Most most quarterbacks would kill to be able to play with a healthy Pierre Garcon and and and, and Deshaun Jackson. That's before you even get to Doxon. Yeah. And, 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 and Jameson, <laughs> Jameson Crowder quietly had a pretty good year last year, too. Yeah. So they got guys, man, that that look, it's a track meet. <laughs> yeah. You, you better have some guys that can run in your secondary when you play against Washington this year. Or else they're going to run right by you over and over and over again. The question would be, would a quarterback get the football down the field to the guys who are running wide open? So, uh, again, their defense, I think, is lacking. They're going to have to score a lot of points this year. They have a bunch of talent around the quarterback. It's going to come down to the quarterback. Yeah. He's going to – because when your defense – can't generate a pass rush, which means they're probably not going to be a dominant defense, right? And we talk about Josh Norman, for instance. He comes from uh, the Panthers where they generate a lot of pass rush up front. If you can't do that, then they're going to get scored on a lot. That means you're relying on this offense. It it ain't just a perk that you score 30 points. It's almost a must that you score 27 to 30 points a game in order to win enough games to win this division. So, again, maybe Kirk Cousins will go out there and light it up. I'm not saying that he won't. What I am saying is he had better if Washington actually wants to make the playoffs this year because they're not going to make it with a guy who's just okay. Yeah. No, and they've given him everything he needs. I mean, there's no – you know, this isn't one of those situations where he doesn't have – Oh, he doesn't have any receivers to throw to. He doesn't have any blah, blah, blah. So this is a, this is a big deal. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, too, because if they don't sign, it doesn't sound like they're going to sign him to a long-term contract before the July 15th deadline either. So he really might be truly a make-or-break contract year for him even. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Again, more power to him. If he can go out there and, and light it up, he's going to make – Hundred million dollar contract, easy. Yeah, yeah. But that's a lot of pressure. Not only the pressure of knowing that your offense has to lead this team, and you have to score, you know, almost thirty points a game to keep up. But also knowing in the back of your head, every interception, every big mistake is probably costing you money. Yeah. That's a huge, and I know he's a humble guy, and everybody's like, oh, but he doesn't care. He still drives a, a, a minivan, and that's great, man. I, I really, I, I promise you, that's great. But I promise you this. If he was willing to accept less than market value, they would have signed him to a contract long ago. Oh, yeah. So don't tell me that money doesn't matter, because if it did, he'd have just said yes to whatever they offered him. That's right. But, he, but he's not a fool. And I want to make that clear, too. I'm not saying he should. I'm saying he shouldn't because only a fool would do that. But don't try to make me think that he's this humble fool that doesn't you know, care about money. He does just like everybody else, just like the rest of us. 
or else he'd have signed a, a below market deal a long time ago. And so it, it's just hard, man. I don't care who you are. If you know every little thing you do could be costing you money. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. That's a whole lot of pressure. Especially when, like I said, it, it, I know it and you know it and everybody else knows it, that this is one year where he won't have any excuses. Unless somebody gets hurt, everything is in place for him to go out and have a fantastic year. And if he doesn't, all eyes and all fingers are going to be pointed at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, and, and that's a media market, too, where you can't escape it. I mean, you can't escape that. And you, every, everything you do will be scrutinized on a national level, too, because Washington, when it comes to the NFL, just has that sort of media presence around it. And, and then, too, the, the thing is, he's kind of had the cover of RG3 yeah. last year, right? The, the, the city of Washington and most of the sports media up there was 100% behind Kirk Cousins because it was 100% against RG3. So no matter what Kirk Cousins did last year, he was going to be the Cinderella because they didn't want to turn back to RG3. Everything had to be, well, he's still better than RG3, right? Yeah. There's no cover this year. I don't care if RG3 doesn't play a snap in Cleveland. Now everything is going to fall on Kirk Cousins. It, there's no more conversation about RG3. Everything is 100% about Kirk Cousins this year from every touchdown to every interception. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see. You, you know what they say? They build you up to tear you down very easily. You know, that, that whole love fest that he had in Washington last year <laughs> could evaporate in the first couple of games. It really could. It really could. It, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I, Washington media coverage is when it comes to the NFL is like no other, especially for those quarterbacks. So it'll be a, it'll be a good time when he's not Dan Snyder's best pal anymore. <laughs> if it gets to that, but we'll, we will see. All right, uh, Stephen, we are at the hour mark. So we uh, probably had to wrap it up here and let folks get on, on their way. I think, we, I think we gave them a pretty, pretty great show with some very rational, sane takes to take away. Hey, there's not a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, NFL news going on, and we still found a way to give our fans what they want. That's right, we do. We are <laughs> all about customer satisfaction here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, I will be out next week, so there'll be no podcast next week. But after the week after that, we'll be back, and uh, we hope that you will uh, will join us again. And uh, Stephen. If I don't talk to you before then, have a great 4th of July weekend and uh, enjoy your summer here. And I wish you a a great 4th of July and a great vacation. Stay away from all fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm going to try. We'll talk again in a couple weeks. (laughs) They're they're so tempting. You look at the fireworks like, man, fireworks are so great. They are. They're awesome. You got to. Ask Joe Dirt. (laughs) (laughs) They are awesome. (laughs) Uh, 